0: hello and welcome to the first episode of the tony g sports podcast in this first episode we will be talking about the week one results throughout the nfl as well as looking at the easter Crawfords finals between the heat and the celtics at, at the beginning of this podcast the game is currently on and it looks like the miami heat are giving boston a run for their money also, in this podcast, we'll be talking about Game 7 of the Clippers and the Nuggets. As this podcast is recording, the game is currently ongoing, and it looks like this might be a decent game. Also, we'll talking about the MLB as we look down the stretch towards potential playoff push. Who gets in, who does not get in, and who can make some noise in these playoffs. All right, let's get this underway. first NFL game we will be talking about is the opener for the NFL season, Houston at Kansas City. And all I got to say is, boy, do the Texans miss DeAndre Hopkins. Now, don't get me wrong. Watson had a pretty solid game going 20 for 32 with through 253 yards with a touchdown and a pick. But other than Will Fuller, who had eight receptions for 112 yards, he really did not have a lot of options to throw to. Receivers were dropping passes left and right, and it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. The defense were Kansas City. Played pretty well. Obviously, the score is a lot closer than the game would tell. It was a domination by Kansas City, just straight up forward. The defending champions did their thing. How about the rookie, Clyde edwards from LSU? Boy went off. He, ran, he had 25 carries for 138 yards. Averaging 5.5 yards a carry. That's insane. And the Chiefs offense was already scary enough. And now you gotta worry about him. The riches keep continuing to get richer. <laughs> like I uh, <laughs> I like for me the AFC favorites are definitely Baltimore and Kansas City. Kansas City definitely proved my point. Came out, did what they need to do. Came out, open day, banner night, got the dub. Straight up. And they definitely did what they needed to do. It's going to be interesting to see how they keep playing down the stretch. With the NFL having no preseason this year, there were definitely some teams that definitely looked like they definitely could have used training camp. In the preseason. One of those teams. Has the goat on it. Tampa Bay. I mean. Chemistry on that team just looked completely. Out of sync. Tom Brady. In his first game in Tampa Bay. Looked like an old man. He went 22 for 36. With 239. From two touchdowns. But. That isn't that bad. But. He also threw two interceptions. One of them being a pick six. And there are reports coming in that after this game, Bruce Arians got into Tom Brady. Something that I don't think Tom Brady is used to setting all those years on the Patriots. And <laughs> New Orleans did their thing. I mean, they came out and did what they needed to do. They got the job done. Drew Brees had... A solid game. He went 18 for 30 with 160 yards and two touchdowns. Another old man in the league. The rushing attack was pretty good. Well, actually, not really, but they did the job. As well as the defense. Defense played out of them, played pretty well against this offense for Tampa Bay. Doris Jenkins got himself a pick six. Marcus Williams he got himself a pick. And, who boy. It's I. I think it's gonna take time for Tampa Bay to get chemistry underneath them. I mean, look at the. I'm looking at the receiving stats here. I mean, you gotta look around, and there weren't many options. Yet, I mean, Mike Evans had one reception for two yards and a touchdown. He's undoubtedly the best receiver on the Buccaneers. And Tom Brady only found him once. Now, it looked like the Saints had a game plan going in to shut down Marcus Evans. But, I mean, look at everybody else. Rob Gronkowski, he had two receptions for 11 yards. Not that good. Chris Godwin had a pretty good game. Six receptions for 79 yards. All right. And then, I guess Tom Brady's... Current favorite Scott Miller. Don't know who that is, but he ha- he had five recessions for seventy three yards. OG Howard had a decent game four four sessions thirty six yards. The run game, run game wasn't there. Newly acquired Leonard Fournette. He's probably he's probably gonna need a little more time in that system. He only had five carries for five yards. Great. <laughs> and, of course, Miles Jones Jr. had himself a all-right game. 17K, 62 yards, that has to get better. I mean, you hear all the hype for Tampa Bay this offseason over the summer when they signed Tom Brady here. Oh, Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl. This team is not a Super Bowl team. Not like this. If Tampa Bay really wants to be cons- wants to consider playing for a Super Bowl, everything's got to step up. Tom Brady has to find Mike Evans more. He has to find Chris Goff within the end zone. The running game has to get better. The defense has to get better. Now, they didn't play a bad game. It's just that they gave up more, obviously. I mean... Ruby's had his way. They did a good job on uh, Michael Thomas. Don't get me wrong there. I mean, whew. and now there's a report that he's going to be out for a few weeks with an injury. Speedy recovery to him, hopefully. But, yeah, Tampa Bay, get the chemistry going. They'll be just fine. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a wild card in the NFC. But do I think of this zero ball team right now? No, I, I don't think they are. That's all I gotta say about that. Okay, on the other end of the spectrum, another team that looked pretty good. Obviously, this is week one, but they look pretty good. Tom Brady's old team, the New England Patriots. I mean. Going into the season, we all had a feeling the defense was still going to be very solid and obviously they were very solid. Picking off Ryan Fitzpatrick three times. Three, three times. <laughs> Man, you would think the Dolphins would have learned by now. But me, I'm on the start Tua a bit. Tua needs to be starting soon. I don't I understand that he's in still might need to learn some things, but If Ron Fitzpatrick is going to go 15 for 19. Oh, wait. That's can Stats. 20 for 30. With 191 yards. And three picks. Three. Then you can see Tua starting here very soon. I mean, good Lord. It's just, wow. The Dolphins are bad. But <laughs> offense are bad. The defense was complete garbage. They could not stop the run to save their lives. I mean, we had the Patriots had six players rush for more than 20 yards in that game. Ken Newton, he had he rushed for 75 yards and had two TDs. That looked pretty solid. Then you got Sony Michelle rushing for 37. Burkett for 32. J.J. Taylor, 28. Elman had one rush, but that was a 23-yard rush. And then James White, he did James White things. Obviously, no throwing touchdowns for Cam in this game, but he had a very solid game. Very first solid first game in New England. And 15 for 19 with 155 yards. And also, like I said earlier, he rushed for two touchdowns. And honestly... This gives New England's offense a little bit of life. Because now they got a quarterback that can extend the play. Because the problem last year for the Patriots apparently was that the receivers couldn't get open fast enough for Tom. Now New England has a quarterback that can call his own number when need be. And honestly, he had to call he called the numbers quite a bit. 15 carries to 75 yards. I mean, you can't make that up. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, we about have to see how this, defense, how this offense plays next week in Seattle against a really good team in Seattle. Obviously, this was just the Dolphins. And I don't know. If the Patriots can continue to play like this, they could squeeze by into the playoffs. I had the Buffalo Bills win the AFC East this year without question. But don't count off Bill Belichick. He might have something to say about the East. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. I really think they do. Now, depending on where the... Now, what's to see how the rest of the season goes for New England. Great start for the Patriots. Alright, let's switch gears and talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Game 1. Miami versus Boston. That game at the time of this recording just ended, and oh my goodness, what a game. This series is going to be good. (laughs) I mean, Boston had times where it looks like they were going to take control of this game, but the Miami Heat, they don't quit. They are a gritty, gritty team. And wow, it showed up big. Jimmy Butler did his thing. Goran Dragic did his thing. Bam Adebayo <laughs> he had an outstanding game. And for Boston, they they should have figured <laughs> by after the Raptor series that they should probably work on closing games. Jason even said it at the end of the game seven against Toronto. Boston needs to get better at closing out games. But as a Heat fan, I'll take the win. I will take the win. I mean, you got to look at Miami as a team, man. A lot of experts think that Boston was going to give Miami a lot of trouble. And for a while, it did kind of look like that. Boston... Absolutely played out of their mind. It was a back and forth affair. Uh, there were some times where Boston looked like they could take control and run with this game. I mean, Marcus Smart had himself a hell of a game. Shoot, went, played 43 minutes, had 26 points. Very solid for him. Tatum did his thing, had 30 points, 14 rebounds. Kemba played pretty well. He's been struggling these playoffs, so. This is an encouraging sign for the Boston Celtics. He had 19 with 6 assists. Jalen Brown had a very quiet 17 and 5 rebounds. He had some pretty big rebounds too going down the stretch. As for Miami, oh, or did they step up? Jimmy had a huge 20-point game. Crowder played well again with 22 points. Bam had 18 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, and a huge block at the end of the game on Tatum. That would have tied the game. I mean, Man, that was one hell of a block. Drogic, once again, he looks rejuvenated in this Orlando bubble. (laughs) I mean... He's looking like his old young Phoenix days where he would constantly be doing this on the basis. He had 29 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Tyler Hero played 40 minutes in this game. That's a pretty good game. He got a double double. He almost had a triple double in this game. 12 points. Had some big shots in the fourth quarter. Had 11 rebounds, 9 assists. And. Oof. Congratulations to Tyler Hero. And Kendrick Nunn making the all NBA rookie teams. Tyler Higgins second and Kendrick Higgins first team all NBA rookie team. <laughs> this young team with a permanent mix of veterans, they can, I think they can beat the Celtics team. I had this going seven games. And unless Boston figures out a way to start closing out these games, I think Miami can get themselves to the finals. It's been a strange year in 2020, and whew, yeah, this is going to be a very fun series, and wow <laughs> these playoffs have already been interesting enough. I mean, we got, obviously the Lakers are waiting on the result for Game 7 between Denver and LA, well, the Clippers. And, of course, we got this series, which already got our started to a bang. Great start for the Miami Heat. Boston, tough one to lose, especially knowing that you had control of this game multiple times but couldn't shut the door. Alright, next segment we will be talking about the resurgence, I would say, of... Aaron Rodgers. I say research is because this man played out of his mind. But first, a word from our sponsor. Yes, a sponsor in the first episode. Alright, this is a game that I honestly had no intention of talking about. But, it the fourth quarter of this game alone caught my attention. And I thought it would be worth talking about. Chicago versus Detroit. A game outside of Detroit-Chicago I don't think anyone really had interest in. And Detroit was doing really well in this game. They were up big. They were 23-6 going into the fourth quarter. Mitchell Trubisky, he looked average at best. And (laughs) Chicago Bears defense was absolutely getting bullied by Detroit which sucks for me because I had Chicago's defense on my fantasy team, but that's not the point. But something happened in the fourth quarter that can't be ignored. Mitchell Trubisky's final stats line was 20 for 36, 242 yards, and three TDs. All three touchdowns came in the fourth quarter. Mitchell Trubisky led a huge comeback in the fourth quarter. Something that I thought I would not be hearing myself saying. And there was a lot of talk about Mr. Trubisky going to about, oh, should the Bears even bring him back? Should the Bears start Nick Foles? Ha, 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 the Bears got Trubisky over in Mahomes and Watson. Which is still a huge mistake, but still. I think Trubisky gave himself a little bit of respect. It gave the Bears fans a little bit of hope. If the Bears can get... This fourth quarter of Trubitsky, the entire year, I think the Bears can make the playoffs. But it's a big if with Mitchell Trubitsky. Honestly, this is only week one. No need to get overexcited. But if Bears fans want to see the playoffs again, they're going to need this Mitchell Trubitsky. Not last year, Mitchell Trubitsky, where he just looked awful, overthrowing receivers, throwing the ball over, multiple times. They're going to need this Trubisky. Now, when you look at the Detroit side of this, oh, man. Tough one to lose, especially since that they had a chance to win this game. Matt Stafford leads another fourth quarter drive down to the end of the go- down into the red zone. Those are a- I mean, he throws a perfect ball to Swift. And He drops it. I mean, you got to think, rookie must have taken the eye off the ball, trying to make a play. Try to look good in his debut. And, It's just, the Lions lose a lot of close games. That was a problem last year. They lost a lot of close games. (laughs) I believe they lost like six or seven games by single digits something like that, or by one possession, I don't know, something like that, but Matthew Stafford in his post game looked absolutely just distraught, like, here we go again, Detroit, <laughs> and wow, I don't know, man, Matthew Stafford is probably one of the most underrated players in the NFL, he's always injured, but when he's in the game, he performs well, I mean, you look at his stats in this game. He went 24 for 42 with 297 with a touchdown and also an interception, which is not that bad. Pretty solid game from Andy Stafford. The running game was... Well, the running game. I mean, it was highlighted by an ancient Adrian Peterson rushing for 93 yards on 14 carries. And it was very underwhelming to see on Johnson and DeAndre Swift not you know, get the load. They are the youngers I feel like Adrian Pearson is a complimentary piece, but I feel like on Johnson and DeAndre Swift need to get more Harrys. They are the future. I don't know how much Adrian Pearson has left in the tank. I don't think Detroit fans have much don't know how much Adrian Pearson has left in the tank. So Want we'll to see how this season goes for Chicago and Detroit? Chicago' biggest question is can Trubisky sustain what he did in the fourth quarter of this game? And for Detroit, I don't know what to say about Detroit. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be a good team this year. They're going to finish last in the in the North this year. And yeah, so here we go. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, I wasn't really thinking about talking about this game. Alright. Green Bay and Minnesota. I had a gut feeling that Aaron Rodgers was going to go ballistic in this game. Not because he was playing the Vikings. Not because of opening day. Not because it's just Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers played it with something to prove, in my opinion. The Green Bay Packers go out and draft a quarterback, Jordan Love, in the first round. They kind of gave him the Brett Favre treatment. And Aaron Rodgers showed why he is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, this stat line is amazing. He went 32 for 44. He threw for 364 yards. Four TDs. And not a single pick. Against a Vikings defense who was... I guess supposed to be good, but they lost a lot of secondary help over the offseason. And... Guess who he found? A lot. In this game. Devontae Adams who is a top-five receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. One of the best route runners, without a doubt. He had 14 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. Let me tell you right now, that is outstanding. <laughs> this this is a duo to be reckoned with. And uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I did get them both in fantasy. And good Lord, did they carry. <laughs> they carried. I mean, other, I mean, other than that, everybody else had a pretty good game. They, like Marquez Valdez Scantling, he had himself a pretty solid game himself. He had four receptions for ninety-six yards and a TD. Allen Lazard had himself a decent game as well, with four receptions for sixty-three yards and a TDs. The running game was. Solid all around. Aaron Jones had himself a decent game. 16 carries, 66 yards, and a TD. This offense is scary for Green Bay. It is scary for Green Bay. But this is the Vikings, and it is week one. Want we'll to see how it goes from here on out. But Green Bay is Scary. If they keep playing like this. They can definitely contend for the NFC Championship game. They did it last year on an overachieving team, without a doubt. And, whew. As for the Vikings, well, the defense definitely took a regression. Without a doubt. Green Bay's defense was solid. I mean, you got to look at Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he passed for 259 yards on 19-25. He had two TDs in the pick. Most of that was to Adam Thielen, who, as his face, Adam Thielen is just that good. He's a good receiver. He had six receptions for 110 yards and two TDs. Solid game for him. The running attack was not really there. I mean, Davin Cook had 12 carries for 50 yards, had two touchdowns, but for a guy who really, who just got an extension recently got paid. They're going to need more than that for him. I understand Green Bay has a good front seven, but they're going to need more than that. I mean, Alexander Madsen, the backup running back, he also had six he had six carries for 50 yards. Any average more carry Heck. Kirk Cousins went four had four carries for thirty-four yards. I mean, these are both teams I see making the playoffs this year. They could make the playoffs. Green Bay is gonna win the north in my opinion. Minnesota, they're gonna be fighting for a Walker spot, but I'm worried for that Minnesota Vikings defense. If they do not figure it out soon, I mean the Vikings play a lot of good teams this year. Honestly, they gotta play Green Bay again. They play Seattle against Seattle. They've got. It's kind of our fear they don't show that defense. That's all I'm gonna say about that. (laughs) I mean, just looking at the game, man. Packers are gonna be fun to watch this year. I got Aaron Rodgers running for MVP. He's going to be in the MVP Finals this year. Just, he has something to prove. He has something to prove. Another team that looks scary on Sunday. (laughs) Because they finally, finally, finally let their quarterback cook. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Seattle and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson played lights out in this game. Whew. It mean, I was part of the Let Russ Cook fandom for a long time. Long time. And to see this game... See, so let let Russell Wilson do what he does. He only had four incompletions, 31 for 35, 322, and four TDs. This man also had three carries for 29 yards. I mean... It feels like they finally just started to step away a little bit from the run-first offense they've been running since beast mode. And honestly... I, this is gonna be a great year for Seattle if they keep this up. The West is going to be tough this year, but I think they got themselves a very solid chance if they let Russ do Russell do his to keep doing his thing. I mean, yeah, the run game wasn't exactly there, but for me, I don't mind. I mean, you got a few solid backs here that can do what they need to do. Carlos Hyde, Carson, they can do. And they also got Penny on IR. They're gonna be just fine. They're gonna do their thing. They're gonna do their job. Receiving. Oh my goodness. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were special. What? What not were? Are special DK Metcalf picked up right where he left off his rookie year with four receptions 95 yards and a TD including that TD coming on a fourth and fourth down play with a beautifully thrown ball by Russell Wilson right in the bread basket in stride <laughs> and then Ty Lockett he did his thing eight receptions for 92 yards Russell Wilson's favorite target still, without a doubt. Chris Carson, he didn't have much in the rushing game, but in the receiving game, he made an impact. He had six receptions for 45 yards. He had two TDs. Greg Olson, he looked like a solid option for Russell Wilson as well. He's been a solid option all his life for quite a few QBs. solid security blanket for Canton Newton. I feel like Greg Olson can be another great security blanket here in Seattle for Russell and whew, give me talk about Jamal Adams that jet that trade with the Jets. I don't care what you say, I think Seattle won the trade without a doubt. Adams made play after play after play, he got himself a sack, made some big tackles in the field. I mean. The defense looked a little sloppy near the end, but they're just playing to prevent defense to make sure Atlanta didn't score. Seattle definitely has a bend-don't-break mentality this year. Bobby Wagner did his thing. Pass rush was all right. I mean, Benson Mayowa got himself a sack. Great job. And Dunbar did a pretty good job himself in coverage. Diggs did pick up where he left off last year, got himself a pick at the end of the game. Seattle's a scary team. I have them win the NFC West this year. I don't think San Francisco is going to be able to replicate what they did last year. But who knows? The NFC West is going to be tough. But Seattle has the quarterback, the coaching, with Pete Carroll. He they have a rushy attack and they need to have it. Great receivers. A defense that has multiple stars making plays. It's gonna be a fun year for Seattle. From the Falcons standpoint, I mean Matt Ryan had a lot of yards, but it was mostly garbage time yards. And 37 54, 450 with two touchdowns in the pick, which was pretty much a garbage time pick. Julio did his thing. 9 receptions, 157 yards. I mean, there wasn't going to be really anybody on the Seattle team who was going to guard Julio <laughs> straight up. Calvin Ridley had himself a good game. 9 receptions, 130 yards, 2 TDs. And then, the surprising one was Russell Gage with 9 receptions for 114 yards. Good game for him. Didn't really know much about it until this game. But, The defense needs work for Atlanta. They need a lot of work. They got three sacks against Russell Wilson. But the secondary needs work. Corner A.J. Terrell looked all right, I guess. Keanu, good to see him healthy again. But if Atlanta wants to fight for a playoff spot, they are going to need to step up on the defensive end of the ball. It was just, it was a mess. I mean, the best quarter was second quarter. They had Seattle at zero points, but you can't give it up giving up fourteen points a quarter, ten points a quarter. I mean, you've got an offense that will will have will shoot out. They will have they will win you some shootouts, but whew. against good teams like at Se- against Seattle. They're going to play New Orleans twice. They're going to play a time for Bay twice. Whew, man. If the defense doesn't buckle down, who knows where they're going to be. Atlanta, I see them just missing the playoffs, but we'll just have to wait and see with Atlanta. The offense is something to be reckoned with. Defense on that team, though, scares me a little bit. All right, let's step away from basketball and football for a minute, and let's talk some baseball. Two weeks left in the season, roughly. A lot of games going to happen due to doubleheaders with COVID, as well as, you know, there's a little bit of a smoky situation on the West Coast. A lot of fires going on on the West Coast. Prayers out there, by on the West Coast. But there's a big cancellation of a series. Or I guess postponement of a series between Seattle and San Francisco. That series can be moved to San Francisco due to the air quality in Seattle. But I want to talk about the potential playoff picture down the stretch. There are a there are quite a bit of teams still fighting for postseason berth. And right here, I'm just going to say. Most of the teams that are sitting in a playoff spot right now will be sitting in a playoff spot by October. Like, let's look in the in American League for a minute. The surprising White Sox, they had the best record in the American League. They're going to get in. I don't know if it's going to be as the central division champion or you know, a wild card or a second seed in the central. They have a... Interesting playoffs, this spot this year, and also you got Tampa Bay. They're going to get in. Oakland, despite the injury to Matt Chapman, they're also going to get in. They're up six and a half games on Houston in the West. Minnesota is going to get in as the Central second team. Surprisingly, the Blue Jays are going to get in. I thought they were a year or two away, but in this twenty twenty (laughs) year, you know, anything can happen. The Yankees are getting as a wild card team. So are the Cleveland Indians. Now, here's the interesting situation. The Houston Astros, they have been the most disappointing team in baseball. Honestly, with the cheating scandal. And I know Justin Verlander, they're going to. No one saw this. As of the recording of this podcast, they are a game under 500. And the Seattle Mariners are a game and a half back. Yes, the Mariners. A game and a half back of a playoff spot. In a year that Mariners fans thought they rebuilt. rebuild. Seattle has hope. I mean, Seattle has a very tough schedule doing that in the line. Honestly, like in the American League, nothing's changing. But the Seattle Mariners could give Houston a run for their money. Because to make the playoffs this year, you only have to finish second in the, your division. You don't have to win your division. There's three first place teams, three second place teams, and two wild cards. That opened the door for a lot of teams to make the playoffs. And I mean, there are a lot of bad American League teams. Let's not get me wrong. Like, everybody's currently sitting in a wild card or playoff spot right now. They will be there. The only change I can see somehow happening is that somehow. The Seattle Mariners can finally make the playoffs and knock out Houston. I don't see it happening, but how great would it be in the year 2020, probably the worst year possible in our lifetime, the Seattle Mariners make the playoffs? What are the odds, right? What are the odds? A year that there are no fans in the stands, there's little expectations for. I mean, why not, right? Why not? It'd be very cool to see, but who knows? Seattle has a three-game series coming up with Houston later in the month. Let's see if they can stay in pace till then. Now on to the National League. Well, this is where things get a little more interesting. Because, um, wow, do we have some surprises in the National League. Obviously, the Dodgers are the cream of the crop. In the National League, still. I still think they're the best team in the National League. But then you got the Cubs, who are kind of overachieving, in my opinion. But they're going to get in. Atlanta's going to get in, without a doubt. They're the best team in the East. And then you got the four seed, San Diego, in its third year of its so called rebuild. They're going to get in. This team has been fun to watch. Slam Diego has been amazing to watch this year. But they're not even the biggest surprise. You got the Miami Marlins. Who are sitting at the five. Like, if you were going to bet in Vegas that the Miami Marlins would be sitting in the playoffs this year, people would have thought you might have just lost your money. <laughs> I mean, Miami's Three games over 500 right now. See, so you get the five seed. With two weeks left in the season, they can. Make the, they're going to make the playoffs. I not really think they do. And then the six seed is the Cardinals. They're at 500. I don't think they're going to make much noise. Philadelphia. I don't think they're going to make too much noise either. They don't have the pitching. And I don't know how the heck the Giants are here at the A seed. They're not going to make much noise either. It's going to be interesting to see how these playoffs play out. But you got to look at the teams on the outside looking in right now. You've got Cincinnati. They have They, only have, they have the same amount of wins as San Francisco, but they have two more losses. So they're only a few, like a game and a half or something like that back. Milwaukee. They're not going to do anything. Colorado. They're not going to do anything. The Mets, outside of DeGrom. I don't think they're gonna do anything. The most, like the most disappointing team in the National League, the Washington Nationals, defending world champions. They're not gonna make the playoffs this year. I mean, they they lost Strasburg at the beginning of the year. I get that. That's a huge loss. No, and then yeah. <laughs> Honestly, here's how I see the playoffs going. As if if they get the playoffs begin right now, I've got Tampa Bay taking on the Dodgers. I honestly think Tampa Bay is the best team in the the American League this year. They got the pitching. They don't have the firepower offensively as, say, Chicago or Minnesota or an Oakland, but they're pitching. As you saw last year of Washington, you just need good pitching to win you a playoff series. And I think Tampa Bay has the pitching to get to the World Series this year. As for the National League, the Dodgers, they might face some scares. I mean, if they play San Diego in the second round of the playoffs, they might get a run for their money from them. But other than that, I don't think there's really any other team in the National League that could compete with the Dodgers. The Braves can try. The Cubs can try. They just don't have the pitching or the firepower to keep up with the Dodgers. Don't need to get me started Miami. I don't know. They're overachieving. The Cardinals aren't that good. The Phillies aren't that great. And the Giants, well, they're under 500 and they're going to be at the playoff spot. Think about that. They're not that great. And it was just announced today that the league and the, and the Player Association announced a playoff bubble for MLB. And I'm saying it's good. Finally, this is going to be great. Obviously, it's a weird thing. They got the National League teams playing. In the American League ballparks. And the National American League teams playing in the National League ballparks. But it's going to be a very interesting postseason. And I think it's going to be a fun one. Let's just see how everything goes. Can the Seattle Mariners make a run? We'll see. Can the Cincinnati Reds or the Brewers or something make a run? We'll see. And yeah. This should be an interesting. Last two weeks of the MLB season. All right. Moving on to the next segment. Let's talk about probably the biggest upset of the NFL Week One, which has to be Philly and Washington Football Team. God, they really couldn't come up with a better name than the Football Team. But the Football Team. Beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who I personally saw win the NASH NFC East. But they just... They, I don't know what happened to Philly. They looked absolutely terrible after they got up 17. I mean... This football team... Is just mm. the Eagles are frustrating to be honest. <laughs> I can see why Philly. I see why Philly eat for sports fans are so them. They're just. I mean, how do you, how do you lose a team without a name? Like you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh man, I mean Carson Wentz, man. There's so much talk about him being better than that. Like, there's always gonna be that discussion between him and Dak, who's the better quarterback? Neither quarterback, impressed during week one. I mean, Chris Carson Wentz had twenty four completions on 42 attempts, 270 when it comes to yards. Went had two touchdowns, two picks. And whew I mean Dallas Goddard had a game. Eight receptions, 101 yards. Ugh, just Oh, man. The rushing game was just non-existent for Philly all game long. The leader was nine. Had nine carries, 35 yards. That is that Boston Scott. Oh, man. The running game was just terrible over on both sides. I had no... I had no plan to talk about this game. I thought Philadelphia was going to take care of business, win this game by at least 10 points. And it looked that way at first. They were up 17-0, and then Washington football team. Yeah, man. It just hurts to say that. Washington football team. (laughs) Like, you could not find a better name. You could have came up with something a little more creative, but no. Of course, a team ran by Dan Snyder would be just called the football team now. I mean, uh, let's talk about Chase Young for a minute. He had a pretty solid debut for the number two overall pick. He had two tackles. He had a sack and a half in his debut. Very solid. Very, very solid. I feel like this man is going to be a pro bowler here. In about a year and a year or two, he's definitely going to be—he's definitely the favorite for off defensive rookie of the year, in my opinion. But if I'm a Philly fan, am I worried after one week losing to a football losing to the football team? I say I'd be a little bit worried because. I mean, <laughs> lucky for you, Dallas lost too. So, you're both the only one to start. It's not like you guys had to just catch Dallas right out the gate. But... ah, uh, man, You can't be losing to the football team if you're Philly. I still have Philly making the playoffs by some miracle way in the East. But, honestly... It's one of those predictions where I wouldn't mind being wrong, I wouldn't be surprised if I got it wrong. That somehow Dallas won the East. I just the East is just so bad, East is just terrible. I didn't even want to talk about this game, <laughs> but yeah, Haskins had a good game 17 for 31, 178, and a touchdown. He looked good. He protected the ball. Yeah. Let's just move on from there because this game is just disgusting to talk about. Now, for the other contender in the NFC least, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what a start for them. And I don't mean that in a good way. Many experts, I guess, out of, their right, out of their minds, picked, a lot of them the Dallas Cowboys to somehow make or even win the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> I mean, the Rams, who are supposed to be on a down year, they absolutely manhandled the Cowboys. I mean, it was a close game, but the offense just didn't play well. I'll say the people are going to complain about that ghost call on Mr. Ramsey. I, well, I guess against Michael Gallup, but when you look at that game, I wasn't really impressed at all with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I mean, C.D. Lamb had an okay game for his first-round pick. Five... Sessions 59 yards. Cooper did all right. 10 for 81. Zeke Elliott had uh, 22 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. They need to get Tony Pollard some more carries, to be honest. They need to get Zeke's a break. Dak. Solid stat line, but it wasn't really an impressive stat line for me. Like, I feel like, oh, man. I don't know what's with Dak, man. I mean, I understand his brother, situation with his brother, and all that. I don't know. Dak Prescott just didn't impress today in that game. The defense looked okay for the Cowboys. I mean, holding that Rams office 20 points, that's pretty good. And now let's talk about the Rams for a second. Goff didn't look that impressive either, tight the stats. 20 for 31, 275. He also threw a pick, didn't throw for a touchdown. Let's see. Uh, Malcolm Brown had a pretty solid game for the Rams. He had a pretty solid game, rushing for 79 yards, gained two touchdowns. They're receiving well. Cooper Cup, Mister new contract, had four for 40. Robert Woods, still I think the best receiver on the Rams. Got six receptions for 105 yards. good for him. But, yeah, these are two teams that we're both going in different directions Again, the predictions. A lot of people put the Cowboys to win the East, make the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, and let's say this right now. The Cowboys are not a Super Bowl team playing like that. They need to win these games against mediocre to trash opponents because the Cowboys, they got – I mean, we'll see where they stand later down the line. The next game, they got Atlanta coming up. And then they got to go to Seattle. So, really, we'll really get a full taste sense of where the Cowboys are at after week three. This game was just not good for them at all. And it probably made the people that picked them to win the Super Bowl look pretty silly too. Alright, home stretch of this first episode. We got two games left to talk about that caught my eye when it came to week one of the NFL. The first one we're gonna talk about here is the debut of the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. And I believe he had himself a solid debut. I really do. I mean Let's talk about that last drive for a second. He got the all the way down to the red zone. And then, of course, he throws the pass to A.J. Green. And they got called off offensive pass France. So that forces them to kick a field goal. And Randy Bullock missed and got himself injured. But other than that, so I think Joe Burrow is definitely ready to play in this league. He had... The stat line wasn't incredibly impressive, but he's going to be something special if they can get the right pieces around him in Cincinnati. 23 for 36, 193 yards. Didn't throw a touchdown, but he unfortunately threw a pick, but he had a nice scramble for a touchdown. He had eight carries, 46 yards on the ground. Just to show you how great an athlete Joe Burrow really is. A.J. Greenhouse saw the game. I'm Cincinnati. I gotta keep him in Cincinnati for the long term somehow to help Joe Burrow. I mean, I had... This game wasn't on TV, so I didn't really get to watch this game, unfortunately. It looks like Tyra, T- Tyra Taylor had a solid game. Didn't turn the ball over. Didn't do anything extraordinary. It just feel like a special teams game. Weren't that many touchdowns scored in this game. Rushing attack for the Chargers was decent. And also Kian Allen didn't have his best game tonight in that game. Hunter Henry had a solid game. Defenses on both sides played pretty well. Joey Bosa got himself a sack. Nwosu got himself a sack. And the defense for the Cincinnati Bagels, Burns got himself a sack. But yeah, it really just came down to that final drive. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Cincinnati, Cincinnati is going to be an interesting team to keep an eye on. Not because they're going to be good. They're going to be, they're not going to be that good, but it's just to see the development of Joe Burrow and how well he's going to play. He is my favorite for offensive rookie of the year. And we'll see how it goes. Since now you're thinking of yourself as a good prospect. Hopefully, he can stay healthy and he can continue to get better. All right. Last game to talk about: home state team, Tennessee Titans, on the road taking on the Denver Broncos, and this was a defensive showcase. But. It came down to a game-winning field goal by Goskowski for the Titans. Titans won 16-14, but man, the Titans should have won by a whole lot more. Special teams cost them a lot. Cost them 10 points. And it it ugh, man. Goskowski missed three field goals before the game winner. Missed the PAT. Had, Denver took the lead late in the fourth quarter. They went up by they went up by one. Derrick Henry didn't look like usual. Derrick Henry feels like Denver had a great plan to stop him. Tannehill had himself a decent game going down the stretch. And whew, honestly. If I'm looking at the Titans are my favorite to win the AFC South, especially after the poor performance by the Colts against Jacksonville. I really think that Tennessee is going to, have to really take control and do a thing. I mean, wow! I just looked at the stats for this game. Derrick Henry had a quiet 116 yards on 31 carries. <laughs> That's what you get with Derrick Henry. He I mean, you also see that he has some flashy runs, but he is very quietly a dominant running back. And when you look at this game, you didn't expect Tannehill to throw 43 times in this game. 29, 43, two, 43, two touchdowns. He had himself a solid game. He picked up right where he left off last year. Corey Davis had himself a decent game. G. Brown didn't get found much, but he will. Trust me, he will. Titans defense looked good. and New acquisition, David Clowney. He did alright. He did alright. Have fun with him. Ten- Tennessee. But, if I'm Tennessee, I am pretty worried about the special team miscues. Obviously, it's only one game, but you're going to be playing a lot of tight games this year. you got to play Baltimore again this year. And if you do make the playoffs next year, I, I would be surprised you run to a Kansas City. And, Tennessee is not a team where they're going to be able to win shootouts with teams like Kansas City. And I think Baltimore is going to get better this year, so I don't think they can beat them right now with the special team moves If I'm Tennessee, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I should say you're going to win the South. The South is yours to lose. But y'all, y'all got off to a good start. Y'all got the tough road win. Denver's definitely not an easy place to start a season, especially with no preseason. It's going to be interesting to see how Tennessee continues to get better this year. Will Kostowski get better? Will he start making these kicks he missed? I think so. He's a pro bowler for a reason. He's a he made so he made quite a few goals in his career. I think he'll be fine. Defense is solid. They're gonna keep doing it. And looking at Denver. What the hell is Vic Van, Vangio doing near the end of the game? They just they let Tennessee drive all the way down the field, which is okay. But you don't take a timeout to save yourself some time to let Drew Locke and that offense try to get you something, which it's fine, whatever. But if you weren't going to use the timeouts, Vangio, why not use the timeouts to – I used of kicker, you know, and you've seen has been struggling all game long. Like, he had three timeouts with 17 seconds left in that game after Guskowski hit the game winner, eventual game winner. Like, I understand it's a second year coaching, but that's kind of something you got to keep in your head. Tennessee's driving, they're trying to go for the win, and whew, I think Mike Vrabel took advantage of that. Uh, they really did. For the Broncos to get better, it has to really be Vangio getting better as a coach. Denver has some as a solid, solid team. Honestly, you know Von Miller. They had a pretty good defensive game, and yeah, that's all I gotta say about that game. Tennessee looked good. Denver looked all right. Special teams was probably a difference in that game, and clock management for the coaches. Huge difference in that game. Huge difference. As I mentioned at the beginning, near the beginning of this podcast. It looks like in this game seven, with two minutes remaining, it looks like. Denver is going to be the team moving on to the Western Conference Finals to take on the Lakers. So, what does that mean? Well, it means Denver came back for another 3-1 lead, won the series again, and this has to be one of the most disappointing finishes to a season ever by a team. I'm talking about the Clippers a team many people probably bet a ton of money on to win the championship this year, a team that people thought could stop LeBron, could beat LeBron, could possibly win the chip. Clippers fans are all so hyped about potentially winning their first ever championship, but it looks like they're still going to have a no-show in the conference finals. Jokic had himself one hell of a game. I mean... The stats right now for him he has sixteen he has a triple double with sixteen points, thirteen assists, twenty two rebounds, and this game is not even over yet. Jamal Murray has been doing what he's been doing on playoffs, scoring the basketball at will. 36 points. Gary Harris, solid game, with 14 and 5 rebounds. Grant Jeremiah, Jeremy Grant had 14 has 14 points. Like I said, this game's not over yet. But it really looks like the Nuggets are going to be able to hold on and win this game. And this Clippers team just, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the stats so far for the beginning of this game. And the Clippers did not, uh, I mean, Kawhi only has 14 points. Paul George only has 10. The leading scorer on this Clippers team is Montrezl with 18. And he's coming off the bench. I don't know what happened to this Clipper team. I really don't. But to not make the finals this year for the Clippers fan, as a Clippers fan, it hurts, especially with the Hall, You got to let you had to let go. I mean, you got rid of Shea against Alexander, who's going to be a pretty good guard in, this, in the NBA. You gave up Dalinari, who's a solid starter, and you also gave up a ton of draft capital. I mean, is this another potential Boston-Brooklyn trade? And we all know how bad that trade was. Put Brooklyn down for years. But we'll have to see. But with a minute and a half left in this game, all I'm going to say is, well, congratulations to the Nuggets. If they hold on to win this game, they're up by 20 with a minute 24 remaining. And... This is going to be an interesting, series. Like everybody was expecting the Battle of LA for the Western Conference Finals, and it, it looks like we're not going to get that. Kawhi and Paul George are just put on the bench. I think De- I think the other Clippers have just conceded this game. So, sorry, NBA fans, no Battle of LA. Denver spoiled the party. They're going to the Western Conference Finals. And it should be interesting to see this match. This is going to be an interesting matchup. LeBron and AD versus Jokic and Murray. And if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm worried about Murray. Who's going to guard Murray? Next episode, we'll talk about this series more in depth. Because this series is going to be fun. And now, with the Clippers going down... The experts are going to start. The haters are going to say LeBron's have easy path to the finals now. I don't think so. This Nuggets team is going to put up a little bit of a fight. All right, this is going to be a last little thing in this podcast. We obviously went over a lot today in this first episode, and now I am going to announce a special segment I want to add for the end of every podcast. Is called fans. I'm gonna to try to get my listeners involved in these podcasts. So, here's what I'm gonna do at the end of every podcast, I'm going to read off five questions that you listeners might want to hear or get answers to for this podcast. They must be sport related, obviously. I'm not gonna answer some random question like what mic are you using, yada yada yada. I want to hear from you guys. I want to interact with you guys. I want to answer some questions from you guys. And yeah, this has been the first episode of this podcast. And hopefully this, hopefully y'all listening because I'm really going to put some time with this and this is only ain't going to get better from here.